Welcome to the Beers and Ears podcast. Here are your hosts, Casey Woolley and Matthew Brown. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another fantastic episode of the Beers and Ears podcast. My name is Matt. Not fantastic, phantasmic episode of the Beers and Ears podcast. My name is Casey. Yes, yeah, fair enough. That wasn't one of our last episodes. But I will say, Matt, there is a great, big, beautiful tomorrow on the horizon. Yes, there is. We're staying in the parks and talking Carousel of Progress today. Um, (laughs) One of, uh, dare I say, Casey's favorite attractions? Uh, It is one of my favorite. I mean, we already know that Splash Mountain is my absolute favorite, but this is one of those you can't miss this attraction if you are a Disney nerd, Disney historian, Disney fan of any kind because of the history behind this attraction. So yes, this is absolutely one of my all-time favorites. Obviously, I've been on the attraction. However, I will have to admit it's been a while. The reasoning for this is because, like you just said, you're going on this attraction if you are a diehard Disney fan, or I guess if you're really hot and you want to sit in the air conditioning. And yes. and I did read there's a conspiracy theory that because GE was the corporate sponsor for so long that they actually had better air conditioning in the Carousel of Progress so um, that so that more people would come to it. That was a conspiracy theory that there, that was out there. So the thing about this attraction, Matt, is, is it's got such a storied history. And this is one of the reasons why we're featuring it on the attraction spotlight is because a lot of people do gloss by it. It's one of those rides, one of those attractions that if it's a really busy day at the magic kingdom and everything's got over an hour to wait, this is one of those attractions that no matter what you can get on typically within 20 minutes or so. And it's a 20 to 25 minute ride where you are in the air conditioning in the middle of the, the Florida heat. And so, yes, it does have that redeeming quality, but a lot of people don't understand the history. Now the good news is, you know, they play kind of a show, a pre-show before you even get into the ride that talks about this. But let's just kind of briefly go through that because I do think that mm-hmm. it's it's really important for people to understand why this is such an important part of Disney history. It dates back to, as you said, GE approaching Walt Disney to develop a show for their company pavilion at the 1964-1965 New York uh, World's Fair. Basically... They would fund the project. He would put it together. But, you know, Walt, even though he was a pioneer in theme park technology, he was also a very shrewd businessman, especially alongside Roy. And and basically, he knew that he could do this. It could go into the, the World's Fair for two years, and it could come back to his park. It could come back to Disneyland. And Walt was really, really big on animatronics, audio animatronics. You know, he used them in the Tiki Room. Um, his, you know, first human interaction or human audio animatronic was the great moments with Mr. Lincoln, which had people coming across from, you know, all over. He wanted to make it a little bit bigger and better. And one of the things that Walt was fascinated with was kind of the evolution of, of human history, the evolution of kind of where we've come to where we're going as a society. And so that's kind of the idea of of where this all came from. Matt, do you want to kind of walk them through um, kind of how the ride itself works real quick in terms of the technology? Um, I actually don't know that, to be honest with you. Oh, okay. Uh, I thought some more kind of history stuff, to be honest sure. with you. So yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. After, after it, it was at the World's Fair, it spent some time in Disneyland. Yep. Um, 
you know, this this is one of the few attractions in Walt Disney World that Walt actually had a hand in. You know, most of Walt Disney World was was built by his brother because Walt had died. Yep. But it moved in, I believe, 75. Yep, um, 75, yep. 75 was where was when it moved to Magic Kingdom's Tomorrowland, January 15th, 1975. And uh, General Electric re-signed on and all that stuff. Though interesting, the song changed at that point. The, the GE asked the Sherman brothers to write a new song because they did not want their, their customers to wait for a great, big, beautiful tomorrow. GE wanted them to buy appliances right now. <laughs> so they, they did a, t- a song, The Best Time of Your Life was created. And that ran for 20 some odd years. And it wasn't until 1994, I believe, that they put Great Big Beautiful Tomorrow back in. Wow, that that is uh, I did not know that 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 is something, you know. I I like to consider myself a relatively decent Disney trivia nerd. I did not know that. That's kind of exciting. Huh. Well, and think about this ride without "There's a Great Big Beautiful Tomorrow." It doesn't work. No, uh, it, 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 it feels work. like it doesn't work. And and now I I will say in my research I I did not research that song, and I'd like oh. to hear that song. Yeah. So um, I, I I may have to do some internet late night internet digging. Now is the time. Now is the best time. Now is the best time of your life. Life is a prize. Live every minute. Open your eyes and watch how you win. Yeah, for sure. That's that's absolutely crazy. So the, the 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 attraction itself, for those of you who don't haven't been on there, it truly is a carousel. What really makes this attraction unique, and one of the reasons why it was very successful at the World's Fair and continues to be successful, is that it's got a, a huge, huge, huge capacity. So there are six segments in the show. Each segment runs for approximately, I want to say, five to seven minutes. I don't know what the exact number is, but they all run for the exact same amount of time. So segment one is the loading segment. In other words, it's what you enter as you enter the theater and you sit down and you're introduced to what is the Carousel of Progress. You get a quick little introduction into what it is, kind of the history, etc., And then while that's happening, the other five segments are doing something else. They they are either showing their full segment or as in the instance of number six, they're wrapping up the show and the crowd is leaving, which I'll get to in a minute. So that happens. At that point, the whole theater moves like it literally rotates around the center stage so you saw segment one while another group was seeing segment two while another group was seeing segment three segment four segment five segment six so now everyone rotates so now you move from segment one over to segment two now you're watching the the segment two which happens to be the the 19 uh the 1920s and you know, they're talking about, uh, we'll talk about, we'll get into that in a minute, but all the inventions of the 1920s. While you're doing that, the group that just saw segment two is now seeing segment three. The group that saw segment three is now seeing segment four. And the group that now has moved into segment six, they are now uh, getting their the final kind of wrap up and then exiting the theater. This is happening at the same time. And it's important to call out this is one of the reasons why if you've ever been on the show and you've had to redo a scene, it usually has to do 
because the loading or the unloading of the audience got held up in some way. Maybe somebody who was in a scooter got stuck or people weren't seated in time. And so if one segment gets caught up, everybody has to rewatch their segment over again. Well, and this is something we've talked about on the show uh, previously is you want capacity for park rides that you want to try to churn out as many people as possible. And this, this has that. And that's one of the reasons why, honestly, it never has that long of a wait. I mean, yes, it's not your top tier attraction, but it, because it can be showing the same show in six different, se- six different segments at a time, it adds to that capacity and that helps where, yeah, again, if you're, if everything's in over an hour and you're really, really hot, it's, it's a really great way to get out of the heat and enjoy a great show. It really is. And, you know, I remember the very first time that I, I first saw the show. And by the way, I made a mistake. The first act you see is not the 1920s. It's the 1900s. So the act goes 1900s, 1920s, 1940s and then skips all the way to the 21st century, which we're going to round back to that in just a couple of minutes. But, you know, I remember the first time I saw this show. So, so Nate, my, my fiance and I, he took me down to Disney world for the first time in 2010. Now, mind you, I was the typical Disney world park goer. I wanted to hit all the big rides, the space mountain, the, this, that, da, da, da. And we're in Tomorrowland and Nate goes, we need to go into to carousel progress i said what the heck's carousel of progress and he's like trust me you need to go in to see carousel of progress you you like walt disney you need to see this this was one of his originals it's one of his favorites i mean nate's so we went in there and i just remember sitting there going wow and, and again it's 1960s technology i mean they haven't done much to it you know they've made some <laughs> safety enhancements because of some accidents that had happened but well, and you that, can tell because this is one of the rides that often the the animatronics malfunction and do kind yeah. of wacky things. <laughs> but but I just I remember sitting there and I remember watching it. I remember being enthralled at just the different technologies and how the families of their day, you know, of of that day at that time, you know, looked at certain technologies that we look at now and go, oh my god, that is ancient. But at the time, it was a big deal, right? And and I just I remember seeing and and it. it, it that song, there's a great, big, beautiful tomorrow. Now, do you know the history of that song? I don't necessarily. So, so that was a song that Walt, just the chorus, used to whistle and sing to himself. Hmm. And and he would walk around the, the, the studio and he would walk around checking out new projects. And he just like, there's a great, big, beautiful tomorrow shining at the end of every day. And so the Sherman brothers made it a point to make it a full-fledged song and inserted it into this show. That's why I was so, so shocked to hear about they took out that song, you know, for 20 years. Like, that is that ride. That is what makes that ride so historically important, right? So, you know, I don't even know if I want to look up the other song, to be very honest with you, because it, the other one's so epic, you know? Uh, yeah, but, yeah. But, but, you know, that was what Walt was. Walt was always about what is the next best thing and i just i remember seeing the show for the first time and it is a now i can't miss it 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 has to be part of my routine it's usually done the very first day that we're there when we go to see magic kingdom you know i kind of call that the nostalgia day i hit up some of the nostalgic rides the the pirates the haunted mansion the carousel of progress if i can get those three in pirates 
Haunted Mansion, uh, Pir- uh, Carousel of Progress, I call that a good day from a nostalgia perspective. The other stuff like Splash Mountain, Space Mountain, Big Thunder, all that other stuff, that stuff will come at some point. But those three, like those, that's my that's my nostalgia fix that I've got to get. Well, and because it doesn't have a weight, you can kind of fit it in wherever you want that, you know, so often your, your ride planning and your attraction planning is based on, well, this attraction's busier in the morning or the afternoon and my fast pass here and all this other stuff. And, and there's all this other planning you have to do. This is one of those great things. I, I, I liken it. Mickey's Magic is the same way. The Monsters Inc. Laugh Floor is similar to this, where you can just kind of fit this in wherever because you're probably not going to have to wait more than 10 to 20 minutes for it. Yeah. And even on its busiest days, you know, you can look over the crowd looks crazy, but it gets a lot of people in very fast. You know, there's a counter there. And, and again, it, you get loaded in, you have a seat, you know, I like to usually get center row. And I will say too, if you've never experienced it front row center, do it. It is, it's pretty spectacular to see front row center and, and see it up close and, and personal because you get a really close view. We're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. Hey everybody, Matt here. You've heard us talk about a great big beautiful tomorrow on the show and you're going to hear us talk about it some more. Our goal is to get that song stuck in our head for the next two weeks. But you know who else is trying to create a great big beautiful tomorrow? Our partners, Riss and Cal. You've heard us on a ton of episodes talk about their cell phone accessories. They are great quality for a great price. You should absolutely go check it out. However, They are making a great big beautiful tomorrow by donating to charities. So every purchase that you make goes to support charities. The Nature Conservancy, the Ocean Conservancy, the Marine Conservancy, and the American Red Cross are some of the places that your purchases donate to. So by making a purchase with Riss and Cal, you are also helping make a great big beautiful tomorrow. Go to fourfrills.com slash shop. That's the number four, P-H-R-I-L-L-S. And remember, if you use the promo code BEERS, B-E-E-R-S, you are going to get 15% off. And if you spend $50 or more, you'll get your choice of a $10 gift. So help us create that great, big, beautiful tomorrow and uh, check out our partners, Riss and Cal. All right, back to the show. Basically, guys, what, what it is, if you've never been on the ride, it follows a family, like we said, through the 1900s, 1920s, 1940s, and then the 21st century. And, and it's roughly the same family. You've got the husband, you've got the wife. The husband's name is John. The wife's name uh, escapes me at the moment. But they're they're pretty much the same. And then the kids, they will change. I think in the first scenario, they have three kids. And then the remaining scenarios, there are two kids whatever happens to that other little girl our friend chris who's part of the mouse and more podcast she likes to think that she died of typhoid or something i don't know but uh completely disappears i think her, what was that? i think her, i think the wife's name is sarah yes uh, you're correct yes, sarah. Yeah, her wife's name is sarah but the kids names are different you know there's you know one of the scenes they're going to uh fourth i think they're all based around holidays so yes. one scene they're going to a fourth of july cookout or potluck and they're all dressed up and one of them wears a statue of liberty outfit another one is based around halloween time Uh, another one is based around springtime or valentine's day and then the final one the final scene that takes place in the future which again when this ride came out would have been the 1980s and it still has some very 80s vibes in it by the way i want to add it's supposed to be the 21st century it's supposed to be kind of now 
they've replaced a couple of things. They got a flat screen TV in there now. They got the virtual reality thing going on. But the knee-high socks or the bunched-up socks <laughs> kind of gives it away that it probably needs to be redone a little bit. I think in two of the scenes, I think it's the 1920s and the 19 and the 21st century, you get Uncle Orville. There are no problems yes. around here. Mm. Too bad he's not reading the Help Wanted ads. Mm. No privacy at all around this place. So, you know, and, and it really just kind of showcases a day in the life of, of what families went through during those times. It's really cool of how they do the scenes. Like it's the same guy talking to you, but then they have these other scenes that get lit up and that's where you get some of the side characters and it talks a little about history and, you know, it, it is kind of a cool like walk through history. And, and even one of the problems with like Tomorrowland or anything where you're trying to predict the future is once it gets to that future, it's no longer the future anymore. But yeah. I also do think there's something charming about this is what we thought the future was going to be, you know, 30, 40, 50 years ago. And to see, okay, what were you right on? And what were you like way off on? I, I think there's something charming about that. I think it could be really cool though, from a, you know, this is a fan who again, enjoys the, enjoys the show. I think you got four scenes that you're actually able to do something with. I think they could, you know, instead of having, tw- you know, 1900s, 20s, and 40s, you know, spread it out now. Maybe you do turn of the 20th century, uh, then you do maybe 1950s, and then you do maybe 1980s, and then you do now. You know, like, I think that there's, I think there's something to be said about that, to where they don't, that the first three don't necessarily have to be so close to one another anymore. I think they could revamp it. But this is one of those times where I think that maybe Disney, you know, they love to reinvent stuff. We talked about that in our, in our episode um, about, you know, what's happening with Splash Mountain, about wanting to reinvent stuff. This might be one of the times where Disney says, eh, this is a Walt original, we're going to leave it be. And, and, yeah. and it's, it's not that it's just a Walt original, like it's a Walt original. Like it is like, this is like this, this is literally the heartbeat of what Walt Disney was. So I don't know if they would even want to touch that again. They might want to revamp the final scene, but I, there are plenty of fans out there who, you know, like it for what it is. Well, and from what a lot of, no one could really confirm this, but pretty much a lot of people say this was Walt's favorite attraction. I believe it. Yeah. This one. And so, yeah. So, and, and, and so to change it would be now, again, I, I am, I'm going to echo this from what I episode two episodes ago. I am always a fan of change. If you want to change something again, have the right to hate the change, but I'm all for wanting to change things. I I think that I, I agree with you. Maybe the decades get updated or stuff like that though. Um, Fun fact, do you know who the narrator is? Uh, what what he is also in? Gene Shepard, he is from A Christmas Story. Yeah, he's the he's the narrator in A Christmas Story. Yeah, I thought that was that was fun. Um so it, it's some really star power behind it as well. Yeah, um, and actually Uncle Orville, he is um Oh, he's he's this was one of the trivia questions I asked you. He's the guy who voices Bugs Bunny. Oh, yes, Mel Blanc. Yeah, that's Mel Blanc. That's that's uh, that's Uncle Orville. Yeah, yeah. The, wow, that, the yeah, fact that the voice of Bugs Bunny is getting into a Disney attraction. Holy cow! <laughs> well, he was a famed, you know, character oh. recorder or he's actor a- for years. So yeah, he's he's but, a fabulous voice actor. 
So Casey, any final thoughts on, on carousel progress? Other than the fact that, you know, this is one that if you are there at Disney, not that often, you might overlook this one, but take the 20 minutes or the 30 minutes to, to just sit down and enjoy it for what it is. It gets you out of the heat. Don't bypass this one. It will give you a whole new respect for what came before the stuff that everybody loves now. So just take them in. And if you have been on it, you know exactly what we're talking about. You understand the reverence that it's due, all that fun stuff. So that's really all I wanted to say. And I really do feel that it's it, it deserves a spot in the attraction spotlight because it has been the precursor to what a lot of this other stuff has been over the years. Yeah, I know I need to make a priority of it next time that I'm there. I just haven't. And you kind of go through a day of Magic King and there's so much there. And I'm like, oh, right, I should have done that. <laughs> and and then I just don't. So I, I need to make a prior. I need to put it on my priority list next time that I'm there. Yeah. So we're about to closing time, but I wanted to do high alert merch news. Ooh. I was on shopdisney.com. And the Christmas in July ornaments have started to come out. This was something that Disney did, I want to say, a couple years ago, where they started their ornaments, like a first run of them, in July. I'm going to spoil this for one second. It wasn't a couple years ago. It was just last year. It was the first year they did it. I know it was like a couple years ago, but it was literally last year. Just last year. Yeah, that does feel like years ago. But no, that was just last year. So this is brand new. And they have just released their first ones. For those of you unfamiliar, they have done the last three years, two years, three years, the Legacy Collection, where they pick 10 films or characters that are celebrating an anniversary, and they make a special ornament for them. Mm. And there's two of them that they that I've seen on Shop Disney so far. One of them is uh, Aristocats, which is celebrating 50 years. And then the one that I texted to Casey as soon as I saw it was hmm. the 80th anniversary of Fantasia. And it's a Sorcerer Mickey. And it's it's wonderful. Uh, it is It is going on my tree, guaranteed in 2020. And then even some of the other character ones, like the princess line, I've always been unimpressed with because they just do like them in their dresses. And you're like, okay, cool. It's them in dresses. Well, this time they're putting them in like scenes. Mm -hmm. So you've got Merida with a bow and arrow with a great background on her. You've got Mulan with in, in her uh, army outfit and uh, Mushu and uh, behind some rocks. And you've got sleeping beauty with the, with the, uh, the animals putting up the 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 prince behind her. It's, if, I it's, were, if I were a betting man, though, I bet they're still going to have the traditional princess ones because remember in the past they've always they've like Ariel would have a singing Ariel one that was a scene, but then she would also be in her dress, you know. So I'm I'm wondering if they just haven't released those princess ones yet. If those will come a little bit later, I could be wrong. They might be mixing up completely. But I'm wondering if that's they're releasing the scene ones now and the princess ones will come later. I hope they do a full scene uh, line for all the princess. Tiana got one as well. It's her yeah. on like the balcony of Tiana's uh, uh, Tiana's place. And I, I, I hate that I love Christmas ornaments because well, but, got a couple of great parks ones, too. I actually yeah. picked up, I picked up I've got the pride one that I picked up. I also picked up the um, Americana Mickey one. I also picked up the Madame Leota floating head one. 
Ooh. Yeah. And they've also got the partner statue. That one's been around for a couple of years, but I've got to get that one. And then they also have the redhead from Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah, I saw that one too. Uh-huh, which is really exciting. So I think I'm going to have to pick that one up too. And, you know, without the discount anymore, it kind of stinks, but I'm going to have to figure it out. So, uh, but yeah, um, no, you're right. I, I'm excited they released it. Christmas in July is what they're calling it. So, yeah. So if you are a Christmas fan like me and KCR, uh, we both are pretty high on Christmas. <laughs> you should look, go to shopdisney.com, check your local Disney stores. I have no idea what's happening. I know they're starting to reopen and I have no idea what their inventory is or what they're doing with any of that, but those might show up in some stores as well. So definitely if you are a Christmas fan and want to start decking out your tree, because there are some of those styles that sell out quick and we never saw them for the rest of the season. Yeah. I mean, we're talking sold out by October folks. So, you know, definitely if there's, there's a particular style you like, get it now. So, all right, Matt, closing time, sir. How do they get a hold of us? You can email us beers and ears, 1928 at gmail.com. You can uh, join up our Facebook group, Beers and Ears Podcast, public group. Uh, We have a lot of fun in that group, sharing memes, sharing articles, talking with each other. Really fun. Um, Got some fun uh, videos uh, on there as well. I'll try to find that song uh, and and throw it up on there. Uh, No guarantees, but I'll see what I can do. Twitter and Instagram. Beers Ears 1928. Uh, we got a small but active, fun community, so please join up on there. As always, rate and review us. Five stars, five stars. Um, uh, if you do pick up an ornament, please shoot a picture and post it up on any of the any of the uh, uh, social media channels. We'd love to see which ornament you got. And next time you're on the Carousel of Progress, also, as the parks are starting to open up, Take a selfie and be like, look, beers and ears, we're at the Carousel of Progress. We'd love to see that picture. All right. So let's raise our glass, folks. This episode has been on us. And Matt, I think instead of saying goodbye like we normally do, I think you and I need to sing On Our Way Out, There's a Great Big Beautiful Tomorrow. What do you say? It was at this moment that music major Matthew Brown should have said, this is a horrible idea. There's no way that we're going to be able to match up singing while we are recording in two different spots over the internet. But I did not say that. You'll hear my response in just a minute. So I present to you the unedited version of Casey and I attempting to sing Great Big Beautiful Tomorrow virtually. Don't worry. I will play us out with the actual Great Big Beautiful Tomorrow. Okay, great. Back to the episode. A uh, 100% we need to do that. All right. All right. You ready? Oh, here we go. One, two, three. There's a great big beautiful tomorrow shining at the end of every day. There's a great big beautiful tomorrow. And tomorrow's just a dream away. Have a good day, everybody. Thank you. Bye, everyone. It's a great, big, beautiful tomorrow Shining at the end of every day There's a great, big, beautiful tomorrow Just a dream of